Chapters thirty nine through forty one of Irenaeus Against Heresies, Book four. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marian Martin. Irenaeus Against Heresies, Book four. Translated by Alexander Roberts and William H. Rombo. Chapter thirty nine. Man is endowed with the faculty of distinguishing good and evil, so that, without compulsion, he has the power, by his own will and choice, to perform God's commandments, by doing which he avoids the evils prepared for the rebellious. Man has received the knowledge of good and evil. It is good to obey God, and to believe in Him, and to keep His commandment, and this is the life of man, as not to obey God is evil, and this is his death since god therefore gave to man such mental power magna nimitatem man knew both the good of obedience and the evil of disobedience that the eye of the mind receiving experience of both may with judgment make choice of the better things and that he may never become indolent or neglectful of god's command and learning by experience that it is an evil thing which deprives him of life that is disobedience to god may never attempt it at all, but that, knowing that which preserves his life, namely, obedience to God, is good, he may diligently keep it with all earnestness. Wherefore he has also had a twofold experience, possessing knowledge of both kinds, that with discipline he may make choice of the better things. But how, if he had no knowledge of the contrary, could he have had instruction in that which is good? for there is thus a surer and an undoubted comprehension of matters submitted to us than the mere surmise arising from an opinion regarding them for just as the tongue receives experience of sweet and bitter by means of tasting and the eye discriminates between black and white by means of vision and the ear recognizes the distinctions of sounds by hearing so also does the mind receiving through the experience of both the knowledge of what is good become more tenacious of its preservation by acting in obedience to god in the first place casting away by means of repentance disobedience as being something disagreeable and nauseous and afterwards coming to understand what it really is that it is contrary to goodness and sweetness so that the mind may never even attempt to taste disobedience to god but if any one do shun the knowledge of both these kinds of things and the twofold perception of knowledge he unawares divests himself of the character of a human being how then shall he be a god who has not as yet been made a man or how can he be perfect who was but lately created how again can he be immortal who in his mortal nature did not obey his maker for it must be that thou at the outset shouldest hold the rank of a man and then afterwards partake of the glory of god for thou dost not make god but god thee if then thou art god's workmanship await the hand of thy maker which creates everything in due time in due time as far as thou art concerned whose creation is being carried out offer to him thy heart in a soft and tractable state and preserve the form in which the creator has fashioned thee having moisture in thyself, lest, by becoming hardened, 
thou lose the impressions of his fingers but by preserving the framework thou shalt ascend to that which is perfect for the moist clay which is in thee is hidden there by the workmanship of god his hand fashioned thy substance he will cover thee over too within and without with pure gold and silver and he will adorn thee to such a degree that even the king himself shall have pleasure in thy beauty but if thou being obstinately hardened dost reject the operation of his skill and show thyself ungrateful towards him because thou wert created a mere man by becoming thus ungrateful to god thou hast at once lost both his workmanship and life for creation is an attribute of the goodness of god but to be created is that of human nature if then thou shalt deliver up to him what is thine that is faith towards him and subjection thou shalt receive his handiwork and shall be a perfect work of god if however thou wilt not believe in him and wilt flee from his hands the cause of imperfection shall be in thee who didst not obey but not in him who called thee for he commissioned messengers to call people to the marriage but they who did not obey him deprive themselves of the royal supper the skill of god therefore is not defective for he has power of the stones to raise up children to abraham but the man who does not obtain it is the cause to himself of his own imperfection nor in like manner does the light fail because of those who have blinded themselves but while it remains the same as ever those who are thus blinded are involved in darkness through their own fault the light does never enslave any one by necessity nor again does god exercise compulsion upon any one unwilling to accept the exercise of his skill those persons therefore who have apostatized from the light given by the father and transgressed the law of liberty have done so through their own fault since they have been created free agents and possessed of power over themselves but god foreknowing all things prepared fit habitations for both kindly conferring that light which they desire on those who seek after the light of incorruption and resort to it but for the despisers and mockers who avoid and turn themselves away from this light and who do as it were blind themselves he has prepared darkness suitable to persons who oppose the light and he has inflicted an appropriate punishment upon those who try to avoid being subject to him submission to god is eternal rest so that they who shun the light have a place worthy of their flight and those who fly from eternal rest have a habitation in accordance with their fleeing now since all good things are with god they who by their own determination fly from god do defraud themselves of all good things and having been thus defrauded of all good things with respect to god they shall consequently fall under the just judgment of god for those persons who shun rest shall justly incur punishment and those who avoid the light shall justly dwell in darkness for as in the case of this temporal light those who shun it do deliver themselves over to darkness so that they do themselves become the cause to themselves that they are destitute of light and do inhabit darkness and as i have already observed the light is not the cause of such an unhappy condition of existence to them so those who fly from the eternal light of god which contains in itself all good things are themselves the cause to themselves of their inhabiting eternal darkness destitute of all good things having become to themselves the cause of their consignment to an abode of that nature 
Chapter 40 One and the same God, the Father, inflicts punishment on the reprobate, and bestows rewards on the elect. It is therefore one and the same God, the Father, who has prepared good things with himself for those who desire his fellowship, and who remain in subjection to him, and who has the eternal fire for the ringleader of the apostasy, the devil, and those who revolted with him, into which fire the Lord has declared those men shall be sent, who have been set apart by themselves on his left hand. And this is what has been spoken by the prophet, I am a jealous God, making peace and creating evil things, thus making peace and friendship with those who repent and turn to him, and bringing them to unity, but preparing for the impenitent, those who shun the light, eternal fire and outer darkness, which are evils indeed to those persons who fall into them. If, however, it were truly one Father who confers rest, and another God who has prepared the fire, their sons would have been equally different one from the other, one indeed sending men into the Father's kingdom, but the other into eternal fire. But inasmuch as one and the same Lord has pointed out that the whole human race shall be divided at the judgment, as a shepherd divideth the sheep from the goats, and that to some he will say, Come, ye blessed of my Father, receive the kingdom which has been prepared for you, but to others, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, which my Father has prepared for the devil and his angels, one and the same Father is manifestly declared in this passage, making peace and creating evil things, preparing fit things for both, as also there is one judge sending both into a fit place, as the Lord sets forth in the parable of the tares and the wheat, where he says, As therefore the tares are gathered together, and burned in the fire, so shall it be at the end of the world. The Son of Man shall send his angels, and they shall gather from his kingdom everything that offendeth, and those who work iniquity, and shall send them into a furnace of fire. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the just shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. The father, therefore, who has prepared the kingdom for the righteous, into which the son has received those worthy of it, is he who has also prepared the furnace of fire, into which these angels, commissioned by the Son of Man, shall send those persons who deserve it, according to God's command. The Lord indeed sowed good seed in his own field, and he says, The field is the world. But while men slept, the enemy came, and sowed tears in the midst of the wheat, and went his way. Hence we learn that this was the apostate angel and the enemy, because he was envious of God's workmanship, and took in hand to render this workmanship an enmity with God. For this cause also God has banished from his presence him who did of his own accord stealthily sow the tares, that is, him who brought about the transgression. But he took compassion upon man, who through want of care, no doubt, but still wickedly on the part of another, became involved in disobedience and he turned the enmity by which the devil had designed to make man the enemy of God, against the author of it, by removing his own anger from man, turning it in another direction, and sending it instead upon the serpent. As also the scripture tells us that God said to the serpent, And I will place enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. He shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And the Lord summed up in himself this enmity, when he was made man from a woman, 
and trod upon his, the serpent's head, as I have pointed out in the preceding book. Chapter 41 Those persons who do not believe in God, but who are disobedient, are angels and sons of the devil, not indeed by nature, but by imitation. Close of this book, and scope of the succeeding one. Inasmuch as the Lord has said that there are certain angels, viz., those of the devil, for whom eternal fire is prepared, and as, again, he declares with regard to the tares, the tares are the children of the wicked one, it must be affirmed that he has ascribed all who are of the apostasy to him who is the ringleader of this transgression, but he made neither angels nor men so by nature, for we do not find that the devil created anything whatsoever, since indeed he is himself a creature of God, like the other angels. For God made all things, as also David says with regard to all things of the kind. For he spake the word, and they were made. He commanded, and they were created. Since, therefore, all things were made by God, and since the devil has become the cause of apostasy to himself and others, justly does the scripture always term those who remain in a state of apostasy sons of the devil, and angels of the wicked one, maligni. For the word son, as one before me has observed, has a twofold meaning. One is a son in the order of nature, because he was born a son. The other, in that he was made so, is reputed a son, although there be a difference between being born so and being made so. For the first is indeed born from the person referred to, but the second is made so by him, whether as respects his creation or by the teaching of his doctrine. For when any person has been taught from the mouth of another, he is termed the son of him who instructs him, and the latter is called his father. According to nature, then, that is, according to creation, so to speak, we are all sons of God, because we have all been created by God. But with respect to obedience and doctrine, we are not all the sons of God. Those only are so who believe in him and do his will. And those who do not believe and do not obey his will are sons and angels of the devil, because they do the works of the devil, and that such is the case he has declared in Isaiah, I have begotten and brought up children, but they have rebelled against me, and again where he says that these children are aliens. Strange children have lied unto me. According to nature, then, they are his children, because they have been so created, but with regard to their works they are not his children. For as among men, those sons who disobey their fathers, being disinherited, are still their sons in the course of nature, but by law are disinherited, for they do not become the heirs of their natural parents, so in the same way is it with God. Those who do not obey him, being disinherited by him, have ceased to be his sons, wherefore they cannot receive his inheritance. As David says, sinners are alienated from the womb, their anger is after the likeness of a serpent. And therefore did the Lord turn those whom he knew to be the offspring of men, a generation of vipers, because after the manner of these animals, they go about in subtlety and injure others. For he said, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Speaking of Herod too, he says, Go ye and tell that fox, aiming at his wicked cunning and deceit. Wherefore the prophet David says, Man being placed in honour is made like unto cattle, 
and again jeremiah says they are become like horses furious about females each one neighed after his neighbour's wife and isaiah when preaching in judea and reasoning with israel termed them rulers of sodom and people of gomorrah intimating that they were like the sodomites in wickedness and that the same description of sins was rife among them calling them by the same name because of the similarity of their conduct and inasmuch as they were not by nature so created by god but had power also to act rightly the same person said to them giving them good counsel wash ye make you clean take away iniquity from your souls before mine eyes cease from your iniquities thus no doubt since they had transgressed and sinned in the same manner so did they receive the same reproof as did the sodomites but when they should be converted and come to repentance and cease from evil they should have power to become the sons of god and to receive the inheritance of immortality which is given by him for this reason therefore he has termed those angels of the devil and children of the wicked one who give heed to the devil and do his works but these are at the same time all created by the one and the same god when however they believe and are subject to god and go on and keep his doctrine they are the sons of god but when they have apostatized and fallen into transgression they are ascribed to their chief the devil to him who first became the cause of apostasy to himself and afterwards to others inasmuch as the words of the lord are numerous while they all proclaim one and the same father the creator of this world it was incumbent also upon me for their own sake to refute by many arguments those who were involved in many errors if by any means when they are confuted by many proofs they may be converted to the truth and saved but it is necessary to subjoin to this composition in what follows also the doctrine of paul after the words of the lord to examine the opinion of this man and expound the apostle and to explain whatsoever passages have received other interpretations from the heretics who have altogether misunderstood what paul has spoken and to point out the folly of their mad opinions and to demonstrate from that same paul from whose writings they press questions upon us that they are indeed utterers of falsehood but that the apostle was a preacher of the truth and that he taught all things agreeable to the preaching of the truth to the effect that it was one god the father who spake with abraham who gave the law who sent the prophets beforehand who in the last time sent his son and conferred salvation upon his own handiwork that is the substance of flesh arranging then in another book the rest of the words of the lord which he taught concerning the father not by parables but by expressions taken in their obvious meaning said simpliciter ipsis dictionibus and the exposition of the epistles of the blessed apostle i shall with god's aid furnish thee with the complete work of the exposure and refutation of knowledge falsely so called thus practising myself and thee in these five books for presenting opposition to all heretics end of book four chapters thirty nine through forty one